0: know what you're going to get
1: and we will go welcome everybody to should be arcade weekly it's the should be arcade weekly version of our arcade weekly these are games that came out our consoles or handhelds that we think should have made it into the arcade or could have been arcade games because mm-hmm. of different reasons. The, the length of the game, the game mechanics, the place where you would have to put in more quarters. It could be for any reason we think that we should have been able to walk in an arcade and see this, and we did not see this in the arcade. Uh, last time we talked about Moondust. Before that we talked about the two Thunder games for the PC Engine right. Turbo Graphics, And the first one that we started off with which was Kid Dracula, which was a misfire. Uh, the more well, I played I, it.
2: I'm glad you brought this up. We didn't discuss it on the episode, but did you think Moondust would have worked in the arcade? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You had Star Castle. You had Omega Race. You had games like that, which I think that this would have fit right in with. Now, how popular would it have been? I don't know. Right. If someone picked up on it and they said, look, oh, this is how you do it. Mm. That might have been a huge hit for <laughs> what was available during that time. I mean, Snake was playable in the arcade. Head-on was playable in the arcade. So, right. uh, you know, who really knows? In 1983, I did mention Juno First. I don't think Juno First <laughs> did Well, well Juno First billions. wasn't all that popular. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it would have definitely been an arcade game. Probably. I could
2: see today's game very easily being in the arcade in 1997.
1: Okay, and we first played this on the PlayStation, no number, or some people call it the PSX. Right. This was a game by Square, so you always think about Square, and you think about all their games that they make. Of course, Final we're talking, Fantasy. Talking about? A shooter, of course. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? They didn't make a lot of shooters. Some people, I guess, would consider Parasite Eve and Parasite Eve 2, I guess they would consider those. Mm. shooters of some sort but not spaceship shooters i don't know if there really were there probably were more shooters but they they made a lot more fighting games than they made shooter games uh, for a role-playing game uh, basic company and you know now we're getting into the realm of you know i know a lot about the playstation i know a lot about the nintendo game system but today we're going to talk with Xeno Gears. That's I don't know what that is. To be honest with you, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. Uh, I put it in, and I watched the beginning, and I thought, okay, robots. And then I and then I turned it off because I got other things to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I sold it back to GameStop for thirty dollars. <laughs> did did <and> you? <laughs> I wish I didn't. It's
1: funny. Did not do that. I got you. Got you. It's funny though. So today we're going to talk about. And <laughs> <laughs> Einhander. <laughs> yeah, Einhander. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you grew up during the time Einhander was released,
2: you probably bought it. I <laughs> thought I did have this game. And I believe I had a little bit of the Nelson Mandela effect happen in my own mind and, and history. I was like, I want to talk Einhander. So I'm searching through all my games and I'm not finding Einhander. I don't think I sold it. I think what it was was I remembered the demo disc that I received of uh, hander which was like the first level. Uh-huh, and I just uh-huh. remember playing that a lot. And that's not all that surprising because when I had the PlayStation, I had two magazine subscriptions where you would get a demo disc each month. From right, right. Home, which sure. was at that time, that was a great investment for my parents because it, it definitely uh, cooled me down with asking for games or asking for money yeah. to buy games uh, doing that. I also remember, like, you know, that was a very cool period of time where, like, you could get a Mac World magazine and there'd be a demo disc on there with like 30 stupid little games. Oh, yeah. Quench the thirst for gaming on the computer or the PlayStation in this case. Definitely. So, yes. That happened. So I was not going to buy this game for the North American release because it is stupidly expensive. Mm. It goes for about $100 used. Oh, my. Thankfully, I already dropped that one hundred and ten dollars on a Japanese PlayStation Two about a year ago, mm-hmm. so I was able to pick up the Japanese version of Einhander for about fifteen bucks. Oh, great! Great, good.
1: It came out in Japan in 97, and then in the States in 98, and if anyone listened to our show for a long time, you know I had the Japanese version a year before, because that was the whole thing about the PlayStation, it's like, uh, yeah, maybe I don't understand some words on some things, but it doesn't matter, because you won't be playing this for another year.
2: It's Something like this, a lot of English spoken text oh, yeah. in the Japanese version, Definitely. a lot of English presentable, and... The Japanese that's there, you really don't... You, you can muddle your way through it. We're not talking JRPG where you're talking to townsfolks and you got to learn kanji or anything like that.
1: No, we're talking about a sh- spaceship shooter yeah.
2: called like Einhander.
1: moon, war, shoot. Yes. It's called Einhander, uh, as we're told in the story, because of its unique shape, because it only has one hand and one arm. When you go to pick your weapons, it says hand one... Yeah, certain gun, and then you can put something else in your hand too. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. It's not just know? English
2: that gets uh, mangled <laughs> by Japanese developers. It's German. German. Zweihander.
1: <laughs> Zwei hander had 22 hands. I think that's what that means. Zweihandenswanzig. <laughs> or 12. I don't remember. Uh, it's been a long time for that. So, we got a, s- a shooter here, and. Mm-hmm. It starts out like, hey, I'm playing a shy, a, a shy, shy shooter. I'm playing a side scrolling shooter with this weird looking.
2: That Philip J. Dick was involved with somehow.
1: Okay. A uh, Blade Runner. Right, because it looks like a very dank, dank, cush. Uh, no, it looks like a very <laughs> <laughs> That's a different thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It looks like a very dank and tapioca, yeah. dystopian Ten. future. Right. Uh, and you're going through cities, and then you go in space, and you go to the moon, and you go to different places. I love going in moon. I like I like the fact that uh, that Square likes to go to the moon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just going side-scrolling, and you're like, okay, it's polygon graphics, side-scrolling. Uh, I got this giant arm out the bottom of my regular-looking spaceship. And, okay, you're shooting a lot of different polygons that are coming at you, and they blow up, and they go down, it's got great music and good yes. sound effects. But then... You take a little bit of a turn, and now you're going diagonally into the screen, into the future. You're going into the screen, and now you understand what sets Einhander apart, because it's a 3D shooter, but it's set up like a 2D shooter that sometimes acts like a viewpoint. A viewpoint is a good draw for this or even going back to Zaxon okay. going back to Zaxon yeah. uh, um, I, I don't want to get into making mechanics too much right now but no, I, 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 I but because I did unfortunately say viewpoint and I said Zaxon viewpoint came out for the neo Geo and it was an isometric view shooter much like Zaxxon. except like in the last episode we talked about the limitations of the hardware yes, to c64 I'm touching on this and I said sometimes you could push the limitations, but sometimes you want to pull back on everything that you could do with the system. And that's right. what Viewpoint did. Like Zaxxon Zaxon, and Super Zaxxon, not the easiest games to control. Some no. people were freaking brilliant at it. But even though I beat almost every shooter I've ever played, except for the very end of Albany's, I don't know why it gets incredibly difficult. But anyway, um, Viewpoint is where they pulled back they limited your ability to go up, down, all around and, you know, it was a doo dah know where you're at, know where you're not at. They put a ceiling on it. They put a cap on it. And that's what made, in my opinion, Viewpoint superior, not just because look looked like rendered graphics and everything else. They're both completely different games, I think. So I don't really want to compare them. But that's how you made that style of isometric game better is by putting caps on it. Mm -hmm. So that's all I wanted to bring up. I didn't want to get too much into making mechanics. But that's what you're getting here. You're getting side scrolling shooter. You're getting isometric view shooter. You're getting all different types of things to show you what you can stay on rails with, but get fancy with and interesting with.
2: 1997 was an interesting year because everyone thought the future was polygons. So you saw a lot of people abandon sprite work or, Mm -hmm. or sprite artwork. And in the 16-bit era, Squaresoft was synonymous with beautiful sprite artwork. I think it's interesting that, as you touched on, they were aware of the limitations of the system but also wanted to feel contemporary. So they made a 2D, 2.5D, and at points, 3D shooter that worked within the limitations of the machine and also gave a graphical presentation that I believe, at least to me, still holds up today because of the abstract feel of these ships
1: sony is so hot on making god of war hd edition oh this shadow is the part of the-
2: where we sound like old men again right? no 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 Sha- <laughs> no no not
1: at all shadow of colossus hd version now yeah. shadow of colossus hd 4k version <laughs> you know right. and they're so they're so hip on just taking these games and just adding some buffers or adding some type of thing that makes it look Almost contemporary, because yeah. these are great games. That's what Einhander needs. Einhander needs that just slight HD upgrade, and you, mm-hmm. you have... A, because when you play now, it's jaggy. It's jaggy as all hell. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So,
2: and that's what I was getting to. Is yeah. It's very much like you know, 15 polygons floating around the screen. I think that that's... Because we've exhausted going back to the 8-bit era and the 16-bit era, I think a game like this or a game like Virtua Fighter. Well, I guess Virtua Fighter was, again, another example of utilizing the limitations of the machine to its fullest. Yeah, I think you're gonna start to see a nostalgia, at least I did, with a game that looks this way. What I Mm -hmm. would like like you're touching on with an HD remix, maybe in the correct aspect ratio for flat screen television or not as jaggy so that it is still very angular polygonal, Mm -hmm. but right, the edges aren't so rough. It's smoother edges. But I didn't mind the, the visual presentation now.
1: See, I always draw the distinction with the first Virtua Fighter. I think that because they kept it very simple and allowed the shading to happen naturally, and didn't try to put on a lot of bitmaps like Tekken, right. or things like that, or like Virtual Fighter Two, or Virtual Fighter Nine, or Virtual Fighter 103 Alpha X Y Z Beta Nine
2: versus Capcom,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, versus Disney. Uh, yeah. I think that the original Virtual Fighter ha- holds up because it is it's perfect for what the system could handle and I don't think it looks it's not oh my god I just had fight for life flash into my mind I think I'm gonna have a stroke I'm having a stroke (laughs) friends if you want to have a good laugh just look for a YouTube video By, by the way let's go on a completely different tangent right now for one second let's do it Oprah please make something like youtube and facebook because youtube sucks balls now you gotta watch two goddamn fucking stupid commercials and then see a shitty video that has your commercials not even for the people that are doing the shows it's just for youtube's money and now they want you to pay 30 dollars a month to do whatever Watching, I don't know, hockey and shit. And, you know, fuck you, YouTube. Yeah. And yeah. taking away my monetization? God damn it. I don't think I made $5 over my entire time. Why the hell are you taking away my $5? Right.
2: Fuck and you. hey, YouTubers, hmm. stop starting your videos with hey guys. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Make sure you click that bell and the button subscribe below. For oh, my this- God.
1: Do you think we don't know to fucking subscribe and give you a thumbs up? Christ. By the way, please uh, subscribe. Leave comments (laughs) for this show. Yes, just go to http (laughs) colon slash slash (slash) www.wetalkgames.com.
2: (laughs) Slash in the can if you want to listen to any previous episodes.
1: Oh, my gosh. And so I just, you know, Oprah's like the only person I think that could actually pull this off. Like, you know, these other college humor or whatever the things are, Vivio, Vivo, Vivo even uses YouTube now. So it's like, eh. I think that we could get a Facebook and a, a new YouTube place from Oprah. So I'm appealing to Oprah. I might have to do another Oprah podcast, which, if you don't know, is only for Oprah to listen to. So, I might have to do that. Please
2: don't tune in if you're not Oprah.
1: Exactly. Only Oprah needs to tune in. Einhander.
2: Einhander.
1: (laughs) Okay, what makes this an arcade game? Because there were a lot of arcade games like this. And it has. Obviously, uh,
2: it's deeply rooted into a side scroller, uh, a side scrolling shooter. Mm -hmm. And it's an evolution of that genre. So, it does have your options or your power ups to uh, increase the power of your ship. It has multipliers. So, if you don't just shoot willy-nilly and you actually focus on the enemies and you have a high accuracy rate, it will build up a meter and when the meter gets full you get more points. It has these epic boss battles and maybe this is why it couldn't be an arcade game, is because unlike arcade games that uh, maybe came out earlier than Einhander, it didn't just waste all the money on the first level. Oh no, it didn't. With visual presentation, it kept amping it up each stage and the, the boss battles became more and more interesting, at least Hmm. in my opinion, each Hmm. stage you went through. And you had that trope of the mini boss and then the final boss on just about every stage. I'm pretty sure it was every stage there was a a mid boss and then a final boss for that stage.
1: And it did have the coin drain areas, definitely. Oh, my goodness, yes.
2: (laughs) Oh, it totally did. Hey, uh, this game (laughs) is incredibly difficult. And Hmm. I am not ashamed to admit that I had to put it on free. Oh, okay. Um, which is a level of difficulty where it just gives you automatic continues because I kept having to start over. I don't know if the North American version was uh, tuned down a little bit, but the Japanese version is extremely difficult.
1: I only really had problems with uh, maybe two of the bosses. Okay. The two of the bosses had a, a big, big problem. I a roll on the
2: third stage.
1: Oh, okay. Where's the monkey happen?
2: oh gosh Uh, that's my favorite yeah i think that was the fourth or fifth uh, even with the unlimited continues i was like geez man yeah that monkey fucks you up
1: yeah quarter drainer if that was in the arcade that monkey would have been the first boss first boss is kind of unremarkable uh but there's this giant monkey robot boss and the really cool thing where they went the extra steps on is when you shoot with your machine gun type of uh bullets or, or really anything that does can do a lot of damage. There's like shotguns, there's all different types of things that well would have that type of equivalent. Uh, you know, there's lasers and all different other type of type power ups and bombs, missiles, and homing
2: missiles. missiles. Yeah. The cannon that you're talking about has a very shotgun feel about it. There's a And you need those homing gun. missiles
1: because there's shit that comes up from you behind in in this game, your ship cannot turn around and fire backwards. Nope. Uh, but when you shoot that monkey, that's where you really get to see the impact of these bullets because its, it's head s- snaps back. And um, right. it looks like he's getting hit
2: in the face with some real heavy uh, firepower.
1: But yeah, he was a pain in the ass. And then there was...
2: <sighs> and he's a good example of, of the visual presentation and, and the limits of the hardware. That is very much just a polygonal man. But the aesthetic of the game reads to you, that is a robotic monkey. Right, and right. it didn't have to be super detailed because it had very fluid movement and it's grasping onto the wall and it's running towards you. And, it, it, you know, the play of this isn't real. We're not trying to be photorealistic in any stretch of the imagination. It was very stylized. It bit off a little bit of the Blade Runner-esque feel in the beginning. But then it kind of came into its own right after the first stage. The second stage, now we're going up against the giant choo-choo train. Um, yeah that behaves and operates in, in very interesting ways. Yeah.
1: You know, I played this a while ago before we did the show, so you might know more about it than what I can remember because when I played through it, all I kept thinking was about Gamera. And <laughs> and the Gamera game uh, for the PlayStation also came out in 1997, mm-hmm. and it was v- somewhat similar. First of all, you had all the full motion video of the Gamera movie and at the one point the the girl said, uh, is... What did she say? Is that what they call the Gamera? (laughs) So Gamera's in it, but you're a spaceship and you're flying alongside Gamera and it changes from all these different types of views. However, it's more like a Panzer Dragoon, a Panzer Dragoon 2, where you lock all your missiles on and you sort of have that scooping element of going from the side. But because Einhander came out at the same time as this, I associate it more with Einhander and because I love freaking Gamera, you know, Mm. uh, it's really cool to see Gamera flying next to you in his curled up form. And then, you know, you fight, I think you fight Gauss, uh, I'm not sure. I just kept thinking about that. So I, I lost a lot of what I was playing in Einhander. And some of the bosses weren't that impressive to me. In Einhander, you're saying? Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I well, see,
1: first uh, of all, is ugly as hell. It's by Virgin. Uh, right. That needs a remake as well. So I would love to see Einhander. I would love to see even Panzer Dragoon. Uh, give me a remake of that, you know?
2: Yeah. This is speculation, but when I was playing the game, I felt like oh, these are leftover assets from Final Fantasy VII. That
1: could be because a lot of their fighting games seemed like that as well. Well, I'm thinking especially of Bouncers, which was (laughs) an incredible failure of all their fighting games. Their fighting games weren't too bad. But Bouncer was like, never make fighting games again, please. Right. Because it was all loading. It was all loading of FMV shit and... Then you'd punch two guys, and then you'd go back to loading (laughs) trains and...
2: uh, This was definitely the end of a chapter for Square as a company, where Enix was its own thing still. They would still put out something like a 3D... This is their first 3D shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty... Impressive, considering how good it is as a, as a game. But they put out a fighting game. They would put out um, 3D shooter. They put out like an adventure game or whatever in, in earlier iterations of console generations. But like once Final Fantasy 7 hit and it really penetrated the market past the people. Like we all remember. I remember. You remember the 16-bit era. I played a lot of the RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we remember and loved about that era wasn't necessarily the business so even though we played secret of mana secret of mana wasn't a smash success even though we enjoyed our final fantasy 3 mm-hmm. uh that wasn't a smash success so much so that you know square was really trying to penetrate the market in the 16-bit era with the final fantasy mystic quest the Quest was basically like hey white face gaysians we're trying to <laughs> teach you how to play RPGs, which was goofy yeah. to somebody like us because mm. we had already had the experience of playing like Dragon Quest on the NES. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, what? what is this like little kid game? Yeah. But it just goes to show you that not until 1997 when uh, Final Fantasy 7 really like I just remember everybody played that. You were a nerd, you played it. You were a jock, you played it. Everyone wanted to play it. And the marketing is the reason why, because a lot of people bought that game thinking you were going to be Mr. T with a Gatling gun for a hand, <laughs> shooting up people. And then when they got it, they're like, wait, why am I waiting to fight? But that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> that point moving forward, that's when you saw Square, they're like, all right, we're going to play a little bit more in these other genres, but we found our niche. And you saw it, where like they just became the RPG, the JRPG company that we know of today, as well as the bleeding mobile company <laughs> that they mm, are as well. Mm, mm. Where you have to spend $138 to unlock everything in their free <laughs> tap the screen game. Cause you gotta get Cloud. You gotta, you gotta get Cloud, right?
1: <laughs> what a piece of crap. That I'm trying doing to remember this. the name of that thing. Isn't it just called Final Fantasy X?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about a mobile game where you literally tap the screen to defeat bad guys.
1: Oh, well Final Fantasy 10 is like, is a building game. Oh, I yeah. see. Final still Fantasy still is in. a building game and and it's the same. It's the same. It's like it's just a building game. You know, you go fight these monsters and the, you don't you don't fight them. It's it's really terrible, and they call Final Fantasy ten or eleven or twelve or whatever number they're up to. But it it's completely different it's from not that. Yeah. Know. What about all their fucking photo things?
2: They're just they're terrible <laughs> like you look, mobile you
1: company. Look at pictures, you know. Hey, yeah. ten dollars you could look at pictures from this game.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, oh. So this is well before that. When yes, they were still yes. Making- Let's talk about Einhander. <laughs> yeah, when they were making games. So there seems to be a difference of opinion here, but with the visual presentation of Einhandler, but I think we'll agree that the gameplay is definitely its strongest attribute, especially because of how it handles that little claw hand mm-hmm. um, with handling your options. So as you touched on, you can't look backwards or shoot backwards unless you have certain weapons. Uh, enemies will have weapons on their ships. You'll blow them up, or if you're not careful, you'll blow up your option on them. So you want to mm. pay attention to where you're shooting. A lot of the enemies have three pieces to them. They'll have a head, a core, and then the weapon. You want to shoot the core. They're worth the most points, depending on the enemy. But usually that's the way you want to go. Um, the the head is point. the easiest thing to shoot because it's in front of them. Yeah, And then the weapon on their back, you want to be careful because you may want to grab that weapon. Or you might not. You, want, you might want to destroy it so you don't hit it by accident because it is one of those types of games where like ghost and goblins I don't want this goddamn axe mm-hmm. I have to get rid of this axe you'll feel that way with certain options in certain stages Yeah, let's circle um,
1: back around on that the enemy ships have your weapons on them right Right. so when you shoot the enemy ship then the weapon starts floating towards you and you can and either... it'll tell
2: you what the weapon is right and you'll grab it and you'll be like oh yeah the cannon I want the cannon it's a powerful shot so that's a cool mechanic, and, and depending on your ship, you can have two weapons. Um, you're <laughs> because you're an Einhander. Because you're an Einhander. Because um, you're one If you switch up ships, you can make the sacrifice of a second hand, so that way your regular shot is worth more. But I would just play the standard ship, where you can hold two weapons, because that comes in very handy, especially with enemies behind you. And you can swap by hitting the triangle button, I believe, between the weapon that's on... Top of you and below you. You can jockey them back and forth. And depending on what the weapon is, maybe when it's at- atop you, it shoots forward, but when it's beneath you, it shoots backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it might be a weapon that doesn't appear valuable to you immediately, but something like the Monkey Boss, there's this like mortar shell weapon <laughs> that you can drop and it will have like a little blast radius mm-hmm. for a spell. I found that to be very handy with the monkey because you could just swap backwards to shoot back at him when you would move around him or right. have it atop you so you could shoot when he's up on the ceiling.
1: Mm-hmm. That guy reminds me, uh, well, I don't know. He's just fucking cool. I don't know how to really explain him. It's definitely something that happens in Super Meat Boy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I think he should have been the first boss. If he was in the arcade, he, he would have been. been the first boss, yeah. What else is interesting about this? Uh, it's just just a solid shooter, you know? It's a yeah, solid it's a, shooter. What what can you say?
2: It's a solid uh, shooter. It's got a great aesthetic. It's got a great atmosphere about it. The music is very good. Going back to Blade Runner, I feel like it takes a lot of notes from that film with its presentation, with its musical choices, where you have electric music with a product singing or um, very dark visuals. Everything's very dark in this game. Mm-hmm. It kept reminding me of Blade Runner. And going back to my thesis about this being, maybe it was um, assets that were left over from Final Fantasy VII. It's not all that surprising because most of Midgar is Blade Runner. It's an urban, dystopian environment where robots are running around, but there's still neon signs for some reason. (laughs) We've we've developed these giant mech suits to police people, but we still need to have uh, gas lit up in a tube to tell you to go here or there. Right, right. Uh, It's that type of thing. It's that type of aesthetic, which I think a lot of people enjoy and and like. What was the whole theme of this? Plot? Yeah. Well, originally it was, you're a daredevil. Uh, Oh, that's right. (laughs) And you pilot this ship, (laughs) and you are... Uh, I'm going to mess this up now. I believe you're from Earth. No, you're from the moon. You're escaping the moon and fighting Earth. And then your allies turn against you and you go back to the moon. I might have this reversed. Because of the first Um, moon war? Yeah. It's Earth versus the moon. It's not very plot heavy, but there's definitely a message about war in this game. And spoilers ahead.
1: And natural resources.
2: Yeah, they say it's about natural resources, but there's also this pleasure dome sort of plot where either side thinks the other side has some sort of utopia and you as Mm. the daredevil because you fought between the two places realize that both are wastelands and so it isn't in the interest of the people to continue this war because they're just killing one another for the interest of a very few the scroll towards the end where it has that moment of this isn't even my final form. Well, this isn't even the end of the game. You right, think it is. Right. But then it's like, well, one month later, you're doing this. And it's a very, you know, it's one stage, but it was a cool thing. where it's It like, was. And you... that's a hard boss. <laughs> oh, <Holy Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> you essentially get woke. <laughs> <as> <laughs> yeah. The kids say, yeah. And you're like, hey, this is all nonsense. I need to stop this war between these two factions. So the people realize that. It's just the people at the top perpetuating this war because that is their interest. It's not the interest of the common man.
1: Mm. And then the pilot gets no credit and he's erased (laughs) from the history books.
2: He's only known as Einhander.
1: Yeah, that's rewriting history by the winners, who was everybody, I guess.
2: Yeah, humanity was the winners. Humanity won.
1: And uh, the person that made it happen because he was... A rebel, maybe, or daredevil. It was daredevil, (laughs) like Hooper, Burt Reynolds, and Hooper. Uh, That's a kind of neat thing, neat storyline for, especially for a shooter, and it makes sense. It's not really just weirdo stuff.
2: No. But there's nothing
1: that tells you this is a square game, except for the fact that it's very high quality. It's a high quality game, as they were back then. And it's just a solid, solid shooter, solid spaceship shooter, with a lot of cool bosses, a lot of cool play mechanics. Does it get into the bullet hell range? I think it's more accuracy.
2: Yeah, definitely accuracy, because the little baddies are destroyed fairly easily. Like a bullet hell, but they're not always shooting at you. Sometimes they just flood the screen and you have to thread the needle with them. Yeah, yeah. So I
1: think it's more like a standard shooter. But the whole thing kicks off into being unique. That first time you take that first corner. Yep. And start and you, going you, especially towards Especially when
2: you're the shooting back. down the, uh, the neon signs, as I was describing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. For no reason.
1: No points. no nothing.
2: Other than it's just cool.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Einhander. I wish there was a Spy-hander, and I wish that... um
2: <laughs> You got that I, HD remix. I or wish or we had the or
1: HD re-release. remake.
2: Or re- yeah,
1: exactly. I don't want you to change anything, Like just like they didn't change anything in the first two God of Wars. They didn't change anything in the, right. um, Ego, Echo, Ego,
2: eco, Ego, eco. Out of the Colossus, yeah. Just yeah. polish it up, I guess. Yeah, and I, I don't exactly disagree with that. that. I, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Just a polished-up version of this, sure. Let's talk about... Really quickly, er, Guys,
1: Tobal number one, Tobal number two, Bushido Blade, one of your favorites, Bushido Blade mm-hmm. 2. Was there a Bushido Blade 3?
2: I don't believe so. I do right. remember 2. I had both, 1 and 2. I enjoyed 2 very much. And again, that was a very interesting take on the fighting game genre.
1: And 2 still worked with the two TVs, and yep. I think... I think it did. I'd have to go back and try to play them. I know the first one I did that many times, and then, as I talked about the bouncer, which was unfortunately pretty stinky as I remember it, they made pretty many fighting games and yeah. they're they're pretty good at Uh, I have to go back to the bouncer just to see how bad it was but that was (laughs) PS2 Uh, but uh, you know what when I was digging through my PS1 games and my PS2 games I was Mm -hmm. like holy crap this is like as many as I mean arcade games we have thousands and thousands but PS2 had crazy amount of games crazy amount of games we could easily do We Talk PS2 I don't think I would want to because yeah. the games the games are too long, it wouldn't. Fit and there's in a lot of out. bad.
2: There is a lot <laughs> of
1: bad. There is a lot of bad.
2: And it's not like funny bad. <laughs> it's just right. bad. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, it's no Wall Street. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Okay, so here comes a part of a show that we invented last time we did the should be arcade weekly. It's called this is not your daddy's. Nying, 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 nying. Just like uh, the popular one, which is the only one I can think of. This is not your daddy's Batmobile back when the Batman no, 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 Returns no, 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 movie no, no, came out, no, 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 no. <laughs> which was an awesome Batmobile. And then yeah. they made some type of rocket, uh, Evil Knievel Sky Cycle. Now, some guy oh, who lives like 10
2: minutes oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, no, happen. Make it happen.
2: Oh, some guy who lives like 10 minutes away from me has a perfect replica of the 66 Batmobile.
1: Well, then now see, that's awesome. It is awesome. That's closer to the Batmobile of comics. You, you see, fucking Batman jumping the a bat sky shield cycle on the
2: front of it. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see, Batman jumping a Snake River Canyon, pulling the parachute right away. So this is not your daddy's whatever, based on the game Einhander. I think the, mine's going
2: to be pretty obvious.
1: Okay, you so want to go, go first, first this and... time because I didn't go first last time.
2: Oh, okay. I just hope I don't steal yours. I did go first last time, I mean. You did go first last okay. time. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Um, this ain't your daddy's Gradius. Oh, that's good. Because it feels good. very much like an evolutionary track for a game like Gradius. Not
1: like, Gradius Legions. Nope. Gradius. Gradius. <laughs> okay. Not Life Force. No, it'll, <laughs> yeah, Life Force. Same game. <laughs> Salamander. Same game.
2: Same
1: game. Okay, here's mine. This is not your daddy's one hand pump action.
2: <laughs> oh, goodness.
1: Well,. What else do you do? (laughs) Smearing his moon seed everywhere. (laughs) What else do you do with one hand, iron hand? Okay, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us. Oh, when's the festival?
2: August 11th, August 12th, Saturday and Sunday. Be at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo in Garden City, New York. Expo.liretro.com. We have a panel Saturday, late morning into the early afternoon. Check out the website and all the great things happening there. This event keeps getting better every year. It keeps growing every year. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back.
1: Right on. Hey, I hope that you like us. Stay tuned for more summer programming and some experimental shows. And we hope that you like us. Bye-bye.
2: I miss Eric. too. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> Eric <laughs> Alex. <then>. Yeah, Eric Alex. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah 뭐 벌써 사랑은 너네 날 제대로 알기엔 한참 멀었네 사람들 내게 말해 볼메 or 넌 석가게도 애석하게도 너는 아직 숨진 어떤 게뭐 벌써 내게 사랑을 구걸해 끈죽먹기로 보인다면 꿈깨너 같은 남자는 빨래더미처럼 널리고 널려서 날 깨탈고 싶다면 화끈하게 파켓 요새 웬만한 남자 눈에 안차내 눈이 많이 높아져가 고위는 아니 아닌 스윙 나쁘진 않았지만 벌써 홈런을 죽인 하다가 아직 많게 높아지는 내 잠자 <웃음> 내 반응을 바란다면 잔뜩 자극해봐 날 원하는 만큼 작고 반짝이는 건다 비싼 법난 같지는 해 조금 비싸도 반응을 <웃음> 보여줘 이 정도 더 바라지 말고 보여줘 그만 some Feedback 반응을 시간 없으니까 반응을 보여줘 이제 듣기만큼 반응을 보여줘 선택의 기회는 한 놓치지 말고 give me some Feedback Feedback? 허유치해. 내가 밀때 밀어도 당길 때는 깊게 당겨줄 테니까 자꾸 부르지 마지 넌 아니거든 네 주머니 속 기지, 혼자 붉은거리는 건 나중에 불끈 다음에 넌 지금 덜 익은 걸 서두르지 말고 그냥 잡고 있어 다시 말하지만 치워줘 그 나쁜 손 그래, 그래서 매니 그런 뻔뻔함에 반해 좀 만나줬어 근데 내가 그렇게 만만해 민어 키위에선 위해선 널린 내 어둘수록 읽기도 쉽네 You know uh. 누나가 하나 알려줄게 한 번만 보면 한 번만 찬 찾는 애들은 없네 애정이들은 절대 몰라 이거 신세계 나라 자네 꼭대기에 다 왔어 더 해봐 더 세게 반응을 보여줘 이 정도 했으면 반응을 보여줘 할 만큼 했으니 반응을 보여줘 더 있음 바라지 말고 보여줘 그만 기분 줘 feedback 반응을 보여줘 시간 없으니까 반응을 보여줘 이제 이젠 듣기만큼 반응을 보여줘 선택의 기회는 한번 놓치지 말고 Give me some feedback. Oh, 니가 뭔데? 지금 뭐가 보고 싶은 건데? 넌 계속 괴가 타겠지. 내가 시동 걸면 칭얼대나 내가 타겠지. Oh, 니가 뭔데? 지금 뭐가 보고 싶은 건데? 넌 계속 애가 타겠지. 내가 시선 걸면 옆자리 애가 타겠지. 반응을 보여줘. 이 정도에 쓸면 반응을 보여줘. 달만큼의 순이 반응을 보여줘. 더 이상 바라지 말고 보여줘 그만큼 있어 feedback. 반응을 보여줘. 시간 없으니까 반응을 보여줘. 이제 느낌 받기 반응을 보여줘. 선택의 기회는 한번 놓치지 말고 gimme some feedback. Yellow, 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 yeah,